Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I am Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. As those of you who have been listening know, I am currently attempting to offer a reflection on each one of the 12 We Believe in You statements that try to express what our Creator believes is most true about us, His beloved children. In this episode of the Restless Hearts podcast, I am to offer such a reflection on the fifth of these statements. Your heart has been fashioned to break with compassion and love for others. When I have introduced this statement to people, I do so by saying that the natural state of the human heart is broken, which of course sounds like a contradiction. Why would our God have created something that is meant to be broken? And of course, having experienced heartbreak myself, even if not to to the scope of the crushing devastation that so many have experienced through deeply unfair and unexpected losses of loved ones, failures and defeats, powerlessness to do what we believe is our most important duties in life, I know that heartbreak is no fun at all. And so why is it that our God has created our hearts to break? Wouldn't it have been better to create our hearts to be tough and strong so as to withstand the hardships of life without being damaged? Wouldn't it have been better if our hearts were made to be powerful instead of powerless? As I have been reflecting on these questions for the past few weeks, my mind has kept going back to a reflection that I wrote many years ago while working as a psychologist with very broken hearts and very broken people in a residential treatment center for priests, religious, and church ministers experiencing all kinds of difficulties from addiction to depression and anxiety to trauma and abuse to behavioral and personality disorders. So rather than reinvent the wheel, I thought I might share this reflection in this episode of the Restless Hearts podcast, and perhaps add a thought or two at the end. This reflection was entitled, Gifts Are for Service, Needs Are for Love. And it is a reflection on the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11, in which St. Paul tells us that while each of us has different gifts, it is the same Spirit of God that has given these gifts. He is responding to an outbreak of competition and comparison among the Christian community at Corinth and noting that such competition is the enemy of compassion and the source and center of conflict and division and therefore in direct contradiction to the love that we are called to offer to one another. When St. Paul tells us that gifts differ, he points out that each one of us has something to offer in service of others that no one else can give. This uniqueness, this giftedness is highly valued in our Western culture, and we celebrate that because we all have gifts that differ, each one of us is truly irreplaceable. Indeed, the fascinating diversity of the universe, beautiful, mysterious, and never exhausted, is made possible by the uniqueness of the individual gifts offered by each creature to all other creatures to the glory of our Creator. When our gifts are not shared, 
the human community and the whole universe are deprived, unable to be the full reflection of the one whose image it is our common purpose to accurately reflect. Only when gifts are shared freely can their dazzling beauty, intricate diversity, and awesome wonder do justice to the glory of the giver of all gifts. Still, there is something dangerous about placing so much emphasis on these gifts that differ and the unique individuality they bestow on each of us. Because gifts differ, they also separate and isolate. Because there is only one of me, no one else can fully and completely appreciate what it's like to be me. Because gifts differ, they can quickly and easily become sources of division evoking feelings of jealousy and shame as I inevitably compare my gifts with yours. When I see that you have something that I want, I may try to take it for myself, or I may try and will certainly fail to give your gifts to others. If I cannot have your gift for myself, I may deprive you of your giftedness by attacking it, ridiculing it, or finding some way to keep you from giving it away. Gifts allow each of us to shine and be noticed. When our gifts are noticed, the admiration and appreciation we, we enjoy receiving from others makes us want to give them away all the more. But when our giving seems to be overlooked or ignored or refused, the isolation and loneliness experienced even by the very generous is acute and painful. After all, if I cannot draw you to me with the best I have, how can I possibly get you to come close enough to really know me and love me? By placing so much value on gifts, we forget that admiration, because it requires distance and inequality, is not intimacy. Even when we win the admiration of others, we are left with the cold reality that admiration, as good as it may feel, is a far cry from the warmth of love and the closeness of compassion. If I believe that all that matters about me are gifts I have to offer, then it is very difficult to give them freely and without cost. By making my gifts available to others, I lose control of them and create the possibility of others exploiting my gifts for their purposes and not for mine. Even if others benefit greatly from my gifts, by offering them freely, I am guaranteed nothing, not even thanks, recognition, or admiration in return. From what I have observed both within myself and in others, a tremendous amount of anger, resentment, self-pity, and even self-righteousness arise within us, when we do not receive what we openly or secretly hope for in response to offering our gifts in the service of others. And so we come face to face with the stark and perhaps cold reality that gifts, regardless of their value, uniqueness, or the generosity with which we offer them, will never bring us love. Could it be that is how it is supposed to be? Through the mystery of the Incarnation, we see that when God became one of us in Jesus, his likeness to us was not to be found in him sharing our giftedness or in us sharing his. 
rather than taking our collected, collected giftedness on himself. We celebrate the willingness to embrace our weakness, vulnerability, and neediness. As the Gospels describe his ministry, we frequently see Jesus engaged with large crowds whom he addresses as one. He never differentiates or singles out individuals for their unique talents. He frequently points to common and shared weakness and dependence as the source of unity and love. It is as if he is teaching crowds where everyone looks alike. Each one of us is wounded and hungry, hurt and struggling, vulnerable and lost as the other. And he loved us. He did not admire us or single out any of us for special treatment or recognition or honor. He just loved us all. Apparently, while our gifts cannot draw the love of others to us, our weakness and our need are irresistible to the love of our Savior. When Jesus sent and chose his disciples forth into mission, it was not their gifts that set them apart for this service. He did not choose them because of any unique set of talents that qualified them and no one else for this mission. Rather, he sent people who looked just like the crowds on which he had pity and sent them with authority to heal and offer hope. He further instructed them to leave their unique gifts behind, their money, their clothes, their power, their security, anything that might separate them from the crowd that had moved him so deeply with love. Take nothing with you. Give without cost what you have received without cost. Gifts differ and are for service. Given freely, they respond to the emptiness in another just as another's gift will touch the emptiness in me. But what draws us together is not the gifts that differ, but the emptiness and vulnerability we all share in common. Gifts are for service, absolutely, but they will not get us love. Community and love start in how we are the same, not in how we differ. Community and love are built on the foundation of our common need and weakness, not in the gifts that differ. Perhaps here we will find the beginning of justice, forgiveness, and the foundation of real human community. Justice begins when I know myself to be as vulnerable as you, and I seek to help us both be safe. Forgiveness begins when I know myself to be as sinful as you, and try to find a way to make us both more complete. Community begins when I know myself to be as broken, needy, and dependent on you as you are on me, and celebrate that only together can we be whole. We can certainly continue to celebrate our gifts by giving them away, knowing that we have them only for the service of others and not the satisfaction of our needs. We can celebrate our gifts by giving them freely, by giving them abundantly. It would be tragic and wrong for us ever to withhold from the un unfolding drama of the universe the parts that belong only to each one of us. We can enjoy whatever satisfaction comes our way from the generosity our gifts and power. As well, we need to know and celebrate that while love will not be found in giving gifts, 
it will be ours in abundance when we know ourselves joined with each other in the faceless, hungry, needy, wounded crowd. And so apparently it is the case that the natural state of the heart is broken because only a broken heart can be loved and only a broken heart can love. Peace and blessings on all of you.